navy blue Victoria. As he uses his feet and goes again through mid-wicket. That's an even better shot from the Victorian captain. Swept away very nicely by Nicole Bottom for four. Oh, he's re-given! That is 50. The man from Northcote. Well, welcome to another edition of the Vic State Cricket Podcast. I'm Adam White and I'm joined today by the injured Nick Maddinson for a feature chat. It's a shame that it's the injured Nick Maddinson because uh, there's no one more exciting to watch play at full flight than Nick Maddinson. But he's had his knee injury. But the important thing is he's back. There's no crutches. I haven't seen any crutches. Uh, and he joins us now. Nick, uh, welcome. Ah, thanks for having me, Whitey. And yeah, crutches uh, got thrown in the bin the first day. Um, I was allowed off them and Hobbled around a little bit, um, went into watch a shield game straight after I got the word that I could get off them and a few of the boys had a nice laugh at the way I was getting around. But, yeah, it's um, getting into rehab now and, yeah, nice to see the boys doing well. How long has it been? Have you got a, like a calendar where you're crossing <laughs> off the days since, you, since uh, you did it? Not really. I know exactly because it was uh, New Year's Day. So it's, well, it's a pretty remember. easy one to remember. So I'm in week nine at the moment. Um, and, yeah, I've tried not to think about it too much, um, just get the job done and, and come in and do my rehab. And I've been lucky enough to do a bit of that at home as well so I'm not in at the office and, and in at the um, the gym five or six days a week. I'm able to do a lot of that from my own gym. I've got set up at home and my bike and stuff, so that's been mentally refreshing as well. What's been the hardest part, the, the mental side of it or the physical side of it? Uh, physical side at the start, um, I think... You know, I had six weeks where I was on crutches. Um, the first three and a half to four weeks that I could barely get off the couch. And I think you know, my wife found it pretty difficult looking after me and um, bossing around. I'm, I, she said I'm pretty particular with the way I like to do things at home. But, yeah, that was the hardest part, not being able to help around the house and, and just do normal day-to-day stuff. But since then, um, I think, you know, the rehab can get a little bit tedious and boring sometimes, especially those early weeks. But, yeah, I think it's just about turning up every day and getting the work done and knowing if you do it that you can progress quicker. It's so rare for a cricketer to do an ACL and then we have a situation <laughs> where the Renegades captaining the women and the men do yeah. knees, which is quite extraordinary. But when you did it, did you know the seriousness of of just trying to field a ball or throw a ball in that, that, that what, had, what had taken place and what was ahead of you? Um, I knew straight away it was my ACL. Um, not that I've How did before. you know that? I just heard a loud pop when it happened um, and the pain was, yeah, it was quite sore at the start. But there were a few other things that went along with the ACL that I had an issue with in the knee there. I did a pretty good job of it, I think. But, yeah, I knew straight away, but I guess I didn't probably grasp the what was to come until a little bit after when you, you know, you've had the surgery in your home and you kind of look at you know, the advice from the surgeon and, and the physios and stuff around that it's close to nine months of, of not playing cricket um, and then that side of it probably hit me a little bit after. Because that's where it's hard for you is because white ball, captain of the Renegades, you were captain of Victoria earlier this year and probably would have been captain post uh, the BBL, county cricket, uh, the list goes on. It, it it has a massive impact on you, on your life, not just your cricket. Yeah, I think just, you know, I, I do and I am someone that likes a bit of freedom when I am in here and like to train the way I like I want to train and and do those sort of things. But I guess you still need a structure to be able to do that sometimes and that's probably the part of it that you miss. Um, you do get told, you know, when to be somewhere and, and when to turn up and when your net session is and um, what gym work you've got to do and all that kind of stuff. And not having the structure at home, you feel a bit lost those first couple of weeks getting into some routine. And um, I think I was pretty lucky that um, we actually had a baby two weeks after my injury. So that kept me fairly busy around the house. And um, yeah, like I said before, just little mile, milestones along the way, the knee that you tick off and, and look forward to. But 
yeah, it's tough when you're, you're sitting there. You're, I, I've probably lucky that I played close to 18 months straight with county cricket last year, straight after our season and, and Australia A Tour before that. So I guess in some way the break's been kind of nice, but, yeah, I would much rather be playing for sure. I want to ask you about the addition to the family and often we talk in sport about perspective and how things can happen in, a, in your life <laughs> that give you perspective that helps you as, yeah. a, as an athlete. The timing in a lot of ways couldn't be better to, to be at home a lot more with, with the addition. Yeah, I'm fairly lucky in that aspect. I think even already um, he's been around for, yeah, I think it's seven weeks old he is, um, the Logie. So in those seven weeks, I probably would have missed close to three weeks of that already um, being away playing the Shield season. So I guess, yeah, I'm fairly lucky in, in terms of that, that I, I get to be there for some pretty important milestones along the way. Um, things change pretty quick when they're that young. So to be around for every day of that um, and pretty much 24 hours of the day, um, I, I feel like I'm quite lucky. Do you have you had time, or well, you have had time, but do you like to reflect on where you're at in your career, what you've achieved, what you'd like to achieve? Does that does that sort of swirl around in your mind or have you tried to stay away from that sort of thing and have a break from cricket? Both. Um, <laughs> you try and give yourself a bit of a break, but I love cricket and I know, yeah, whether it's um, playing for Victoria or, or playing club cricket I, or, you know, watching cricket, it's something that I do. It basically consumes my whole life. I, mm. I, I do switch off and stuff like that away from cricket, but I just love it so much. So um, I think it has been tough not being able to play and you do reflect a little bit. And I guess the disappointing thing for me is I didn't start the Shield season as well as I would have liked. Um, felt like I was batting really well when I came back from England and just didn't capitalise on on some nice starts. And, you know, when you when you look back on that and you're injured, um, you feel like you could have had a, a better contribution. And, yeah, with an, with an India tour on at the moment and Ashes coming up, it was a pretty – pretty big summer for, for me at my age at the moment. Um, and yeah, it was one I was really looking to, to put my foot down and, and make a bit of a statement, but wasn't able to and um, won't get the opportunity until next summer. So in those reflections, have you come up with any plans, any targets or any thoughts of changing anything or what, what what's, has gone through in your mind? Um, I, I think it's just trying to make the most of, of every opportunity that I'm going to get um, at 31 now. So Things can happen fairly quickly, I guess, when you look back and you see someone like Usman um, who's got a great couple of years of test cricket at the, the back end of his career, I, I still think that keeps a positive spin on things. I think back in when I was young and someone was 31, you almost look at them and think they're coming to the end of their career. But I feel like the best of my batting is still yet to come um, and I'll be working really hard when I, when I am able to start batting again and have a bit more of a, a concrete timeline on when I can return. So... Um, I guess it's probably not changing my game too much. I'll look to do a bit of bit of work on the mental side of things, I think. But cricket's evolving a lot at the moment, so my game might change by the time I, I pick up the bat again in you know six to nine months. I want to ask you about. I was thinking about this driving in to, to chat to you today about your best cricket, um, because your best cricket is is devastating. Have you had it yet, or do you reckon you can be better again, or is it? I was, I was talking. I can't remember which one of the, your teammates I talked to about. You get to a level where it might have been Marcus Harris holding yep. that level as opposed to feeling you can get to another level. Now, yep. Marcus said, if, if I'm still not improving, then I, I don't think I'm doing a good job. How yep. do you see that? Yeah, I probably tend to agree. Um, I think the best cricket I've played up till mm -hmm. now was my first two seasons at Victoria, especially that um, you know, that second full year where I was, you know, I played half the season before and finished really well and then came into the team full time and um, played really well the second year. And that's probably as well as I've I've batted, I suppose, in terms of a, um, a 
tempo and um, where my mental state was at. And I think you're always trying to trying to find that. But I, I think I'm a better batsman and a better player now than what I was then. So it's about finding finding that um, yeah, it. I guess mm. no one really knows exactly what it is, but it's about yeah finding it again and um, and developing along the way and improving because sometimes it might you know be the physical things that you're improving, different shots, your, your technique, and things like that. Um, or it's the mental side of things. And I think you go through flows where one thing changes and the other evens out and then you're always catching up something new. So, um, yeah, I still think I'm evolving and I feel like you know, I haven't nailed down a, a really consistent um, run of kind of three or four years yet of batting a certain way. Do you know where you're best suited in the order? Because I think you've batted every position from one to yeah, six. I have. Just yeah. in your time here at Victoria and been successful in every one of those positions largely do, yeah. do you know where or is it a good thing that you don't know because it gives you that you know that dynamism that flexibility in the order um I think it's a good thing that it can kind of fill a gap in in any position um when I first came into the team was when Marcus Harris got picked for Australia um so I was opening and and that was something I did when I was 18 and first starting playing shield cricket so mm. I absolutely love opening the batting but for the way I like to play and I think our, our team um I'm probably best suited in the middle order I think that's probably where I'd like to be going forward. Um, got a lot of developing younger players here as well. So I feel like, you know, in between myself, Pete Hanscom, Shorty at the moment, who's batting really well, um, obviously Campbell Kellaway in the middle order, that's probably where I can have the most impact. Do you think back as to how it is that you were so successful or have been so successful coming to Victoria? Because we'll get to the journey a little bit shortly, but just the impact you've had on Victorian cricket in such a short period of time coming down with no promises yeah. and the volume of runs that you've scored, do you sit back and go, how did this happen? Or is it more a, I knew this was going to happen, I just needed a fresh start or, or an opportunity or someone to believe in me? Yeah, probably that more than anything. I think I always knew it was going to happen and I felt like regardless of where I played that season, um, I felt like I was going to have, I was at that stage in my career where I could really um, make an impact. Um and, yeah, it just happened to be that, you know, there were a few things along the way, a bit of character building and, you know, having to move interstate and, and stuff like that and try again. But I think that just played a role in that development as well. It didn't – I don't think it was one reason or the other, but I just felt like at the time, the year before finishing that season with New South Wales, I felt like I was making some really good progress in my batting and I just hadn't clicked with a big score yet. Um, and then that winter I was I was lucky enough to go and play some T20 cricket for Surrey and Michael DiVenuto was the coach, so – um, spent a, quite a bit of that time talking to him about four-day batting and, and being a left-hander at the top of the order. He was someone that I resonated quite quite easily with. And, um, yeah, I always felt like coming to Victoria, I was confident that when I got the opportunity of four-day cricket that I was I was going to do well. What did he, he – do you give any secret or can you share <laughs> any secrets? Because uh, left-hander, top of the yeah. order, dynamic batsman, so many first-class runs and obviously part of the Australian setup now. Yeah. Was, it, was there any one or two things that he shared with you? The one thing that probably um, impacted me the most was just, you know, being ready whether it was the first ball of the day or the hundredth ball you face, um, just be ready that that could be a ball to score. So have that that attitude that if I'm open to batting first ball of the game, if it's a half volley, I'm 
be ready and um, have the mindset that you're going to drive it and, and score off it. Or if they drop one in on my hip first ball, be ready to hit it for six um, rather than kind of try and ease your way into an innings because you mightn't, mightn't get another one of those for a while. And I think that attitude, but also balance that with the fact that if, if you're out there in a tough situation, they bowl 100 dot balls to you, you've got to be able to, to survive that and find a way to get through it. And that was probably the biggest thing that I took into my game. Because I thought, I must confess, I thought it was more coming down the belief that Andrew McDonald had in you and in your teammates that yeah, yeah you could be the, the man for us. But often athletes talk about chips on shoulders or points <laughs> to prove that can really drive them, whether that's Tom Brady or whether it's cricketers that change states. Yeah. How much did that play a part in your resurgence as a cricketer? I think Ron probably definitely had a, a big impact. Um, probably just the encouragement to play the way I wanted to play. Um, I'd played against him a little bit when I was younger but hadn't had a lot of crossover. So he hadn't really seen me up close in the way I batted. And the first thing he said to me was, if you caught it first slip or mid-off, it's the same thing. So just find a way to – you're still out, so find a way to score the runs while you're in there and we don't care how that looks. Just get it done your way. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence. Um, but there's also part of it where, you know, I think – I didn't feel like I had that chip on my shoulder, I had anything to prove until we played New South Wales again. And I was like, I really want to really want to do well. And I didn't – I don't think I scored many runs the first time against them, but I've had some success since. And you know, I think part of that, you need a little bit of that extra motivation at times. Because I don't, I don't think there is another player like you in Australian first-class cricket, and I think that's wonderful. Everyone, I love the fact that you're different to so many other players with the way you play and you're, you're compelling to watch. But it, it is interesting that you need people still to be able to reassure you that that's okay to play differently. Yeah, you, you definitely do. And for me now, I think, that um, I guess the confirmation is watching the way England are playing at the moment in Test cricket, and that's kind of the way I've played a lot of my career is is being quite aggressive and, and looking to take the game on. Um, so when I watch them play, it gives me a bit of confidence knowing that when I come back, that you know if I'm obviously you've got to have the skill and the technique to to survive when it's not um, free flowing and, and stuff like that, but also have the confidence to be able to take the game on regardless of the the conditions and. Um, and play that way because I think that is when I'm playing at my best as well. As you know, there's, there's definitely a balance there, but when I am looking to score and take the game on is um, when I feel like I've got the biggest impact on not just the team but the whole game. So from a mindset point of view, I'm interested in you sharing about what it's like to go out to bat um, when you've got that um, attitude or that, that – I'm trying to think of the right word – that preparation because I'm sure doubts can come into the mind as well. Am I doing it the right way? Is it is it reckless or is it the way I play? Yeah. Um, all those sorts of things. You know, the coaches need to be on board what you're trying to do as well, your teammates. Can you talk to, a bit about that? Because it, it can't just be go out there and just play with freedom. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I feel like I'd be a tough person to bat behind. So you might have to interview some of the folks that bat behind <laughs> me as well because I think they're pretty nervous at times. But to me, I don't really get too nervous when I'm batting and I think um, – the key for me is you know, I'm, I'm going out there expecting them to bowl the perfect ball every time um, and I'm trying to cover the ball that I feel like can dismiss me um, and, the, and the biggest threat for that bowler in those conditions and anything apart from that I'm looking to score off and that's kind of the way I've approached it. I had the same approach when I had that successful run um, a couple of years ago and that's still the same approach now. So um, obviously it's little bits and pieces where you tinker around in your technique or um, a style of play here and there depending on the game situation and, and conditions but most of the time it's, yeah, I'm preparing for the ball that will get me out the most and anything off that I feel like I can score. What is, was that the same approach when you were at New South Wales? Because you had this meteoric rise, you scored um, a century, you know, very early in your career, very young compared to most other players. Yeah. Um, 
played for Australia again at, at a quite a young age. Was it the same approach or have you tinkered it as you've gone along? Uh, probably tinkered it the last four or five years since probably, like I said, just before coming to Victoria that year. Uh, even though I didn't score the runs, I felt like I had a fairly similar approach. Um, before that, I probably had no idea what I was doing, to be honest. Yeah, you go through so many ups and downs that you're trying to find a way and I think that's the thing with batting. You're, you're never really satisfied or you never find a method that works until you've had a lot of failures doing it in many different circumstances or trying so many different things. And I guess the tough thing, when I came in, I was open to batting and I felt like I was, wasn't was up to the level. And I, was, I think my strike rate my first year was about 35 to 40 and I was you know, open to batting and, and grinding it out there. But I was still the naturally a, a free-flowing player. Um, I just found it going up a step was quite difficult. And I think the more comfortable I became is to, yeah, still look to take the game on and score, which is kind of, yeah, it takes a while to, to have that confidence, but it's where I'm at at the moment. And like I said, probably that um, game plan was probably, yeah, four or five years ago where I thought that that was the best way to go about things. Playing for Australia, take us through that experience. You said you had this meteoric rise and that there you are playing yeah. for Australia. Mm-hmm. When you look back on it now, what 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 was it like? Uh Pretty daunting, especially that first game. Um, I hadn't had, it's not an excuse or anything, but I hadn't, hadn't felt like I had a lot of cricket leading up to that game. Um, played really well in the one-day comp, missed a shield game through concussion, played one game and then was selected. And I, I think I kind of just got lucky with the timing of things really, to be honest. I, I scored a really good 100 in the shield game at the SCG. The test team went through a bit of a, I guess a rebuild and they had a pretty bad loss down in Hobart and the team was looking to change and brought myself, Hanscom and, and Renshaw in to try and um, take things in a different direction. It didn't work out for me, but at the time I, I, I probably wasn't ready. You always feel like you are, but until you experience that and um, and come back to Shield Cricket and have to work on a few things, um, yeah, but it was a bit of a whirlwind. It went pretty quick, the, the three weeks I was there. So, um yeah, I think I, I got told I wasn't playing after Boxing Day. I was going to miss the Sydney test and played a BBL game the next night and kind of moves on fairly quickly. Do you, often cricketers talk about not being ready when they play for Australia and, and that it, it, we hear many, many stories of that because I think players get better the more they go along. Um, but it's just when the opportunity comes, you've got to take it. You can't say, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not ready for it. Yeah. So... It, it, I'm just interested in how you reflect back on it now. And you, are you frustrated that you didn't get an op- or haven't got an opportunity? I won't say, I won't say past <laughs> tense, but you haven't got that next opportunity again when you're a better player, or is it just no? I played for Australia, and everyone dreams of playing for Australia. Yeah, good question. I think definitely part of that. Yeah, satisfied that you've played, and it was a my dream as a kid was to play, and I think I was 24, maybe 25 when I when I played. So it's fairly early on in my career. I think I've probably played as much cricket now um, since then as what I had leading up to it. So I feel like I've learned a lot since then. And I guess having a taste of it, you're, you're never going to be satisfied until you can go back and, and prove to yourself that you can score runs at that level. And um, I feel like a lot of the time it is timing and I got lucky that time um, with timing, but I still felt like I had the game to probably not be consistent at that level, but I could have succeeded in some way um, in some games. And I, the one that really frustrates me is I had a good opportunity the Boxing Day test. We were batting um the wicket was really nice for batting and um our goal was just to post a pretty big score i think in the first innings and got myself to 20 odd faced quite a lot of balls maybe 70 balls and and played a pretty average shot to get out when i didn't really need to um and that was the frustrating one and mitch stark came in after me and, and smacked 80 and you know there's a there's a hundred gone like that um that's how i saw it but um obviously since then the, the opportunity hasn't come up again but i feel like I know enough about my own game now that I wouldn't, 
if I was in the same situation again, um, whether I'd had two to three years runs behind, under my belt or just a couple of months, I'd, I'd feel a lot more um, prepared for it. So are there, is that regret or is that just the circumstances at the time? Do you look back and go, gee, I wish I had that time again or that's yeah, cricket, oh, that's I've life. definitely thought that but, yeah, it is cricket mm. and it's life and, you know, I'd take back nearly every dismissal I've had this year in shield cricket mm. as well. Like it's just mm. the way it is being a batter. You, um, at the time you feel like it's a good option then you can look back and when the result's already there and you can hindsight's great you can look back and think oh if I just you know knocked it down to long on and took a single rather than trying to open up the offside or you know if I just let that one go or something there's always a a reason and um, I guess you always can find the negative in it and want to go back and I think that's every innings I've ever played I've had that thought so it's no different. So unfinished business we've talked to Pete Hanscom on this uh, on this podcast at the start of the summer about, you know, this whole thing of unfinished business and he was as determined as ever to get back and, and have another crack at it and obviously he's playing for Australia at the moment. Is that Does that drive you? You, you talked before about you got the opportunity at the same time as Pete did. He's yeah. come back, I think, a better player for the second time round. How do you see that? And is he an inspiration to you? Yeah, even someone like Marcus Harris who's been in now the team and had to fight really hard to... You know, been a lot of squads recently and was in the, the test squad last year after doing a lot of hard yards in, in county cricket and, and scoring hundreds for Victoria every, every season since. So I guess part of it is unfinished business. It's more that I just want to prove to myself that I could I could do it and, and have some success at that level. And you know, it, the funny thing about cricket is, I like my view, I don't need to play for a show again to feel like I've had a good career. Um, I'm quite not satisfied and I'm, but I am happy with what I've done in cricket so far and having an impact on Victoria having an impact on the games I play and also the younger the younger players in our squad and I feel like that success to me is being able to you know, impact everyone else as much as what I looked when I looked at the older players that I grew up playing with it's like they had a huge impact on me so I'd like to do the same and I think for me to have a successful career that's basically all I'd all I'd like to achieve and um, love to play test cricket again to obviously would like some success at that level to know that I that I could do it. Um, but either way, I feel like I've had a, a good career and I don't think I'll ever regret it if I, if I never got the chance again. As you move through a career, it doesn't matter whether it's cricket or in business or whatever, you kind of evolve as a, as a person. You go, it's all about you, it's all about what I can do and then it becomes a lot about making other people better and developing yep. other people. But that actually makes you a better athlete or a better person in business when you have that attitude, when it's – you sort of see it a bit broader. Do you, do you see that a little bit with you at, at Victoria now? Definitely helps you relax a bit more, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, when you can look around and know you can have an impact um, in another area, I think that makes you I think, relax as a player. You, you, you understand the struggles that people might be going through because a lot of the time you've had it yourself and going to have it again. So um, you're probably prepared that you can get over a little bit quicker than what you're used to. So if you can help someone else do that as well, um, you know, Campbell Kellaway's come in this year and, and done really well. But if you can help him, you know, might get out of a lean patch one or two innings quicker than what um, you would naturally or, mm-hmm. you know, just develop a, a slightly slightly quicker rate than what um, I did or what other players did. I think that's a that's a big thing. And when you when you think about that, it makes you, yeah, to me, I, it helps me relax for sure. And I think you can have a huge impact on other people. And once you realise that, your, your game, although it's important, you also understand that. Yeah, you're going to have failure as well, and um, if other people can see you work through that and, and develop, that's a great way of setting an example as well. Because I think, I mean, you've got so much to offer in that leadership space because of the experiences you've had, the 
the highs and the lows. You know, you yourself have had mental health challenges along the way, but I mean, is that is that helpful that you've had the highs and lows that sort of almost evens itself out as you, as you get to the age you're getting to now? I think so. It's it's like life as well, isn't it? It's never perfect and it's never like you can be in a great run of scores playing cricket and you're still going to miss out more often than not. <laughs> That's the funny thing. So, you know, Virat Kohli is one of the best in the world and, um, you know, might score 100 once every four or five matches. Obviously, that'd be a bit of a lean run at the moment, but the best players in the world are failing more often than not. So I think when you have the perspective and, um, you know, going through other things, in life and off the field and also having challenges within cricket itself, I think you just realise that. How hard is it to be a professional cricketer? I mean, you're going through a, a unique situation at the moment where you've got to be on the sidelines for a period of time when it's not your choice. Yeah. Um, but just that whole thing of, you know, performance, with cricket, batting particularly, so much of it's statistics and, and about performance and putting your numbers up against someone else's, going out the fear of failure. Um, you know, Aaron Finch talked about that last week, the, the fear of failure. Yeah. What, what's that like for you to deal with? Um, I think the what I find the hardest is probably, you know, there's always someone's opinion attached to it as well. So you might play what you think is a great innings and you know, the way you get out is the one that gets looked at more so than the success that you've had during that innings. And um, cricket's a funny game where it's almost like if you don't make 100 or you don't make 50 plus in a game, it's you haven't done a, a good enough job and you always kind of focus on the negative quite a lot as a batsman um, where, yeah, I guess I try to, to go the other way and look at the impact on the game um, from that aspect. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it is tough when you're, you're sitting on the sideline and you're, you're not playing. You wish you could go back and change a few things um, through certain innings and whatever, but everyone's going to have have the challenges and um, I think if you're, if you're confident in what you're doing, you can bounce back quickly. What's the current setup like with you with Chris Rogers and, you know, different coach to Andrew McDonald, you've got Ben Rohrer, um, you know, there has been change through Victorian setup for a while to, do you have to sort of reintroduce yourself to a new lot of coaches and so say, well, this is how I'd like to, to play, is that okay? Or have they been really good in supporting you and saying, Nick, just keep doing what you've been doing for Victoria because it's worked? Yeah, I always think there's a discussion there. Um, yeah. Definitely when, when Bucky like took over. Stamps sort of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, when Bucky took over, I think we, like I love cricket and he loves talking about cricket so we'd catch up quite a lot and, and walk and just chat about batting and I think the good thing was at the stage where I was at in my career, I could felt like I could disagree or, or say no and it was constructive rather than just kind of it wasn't a one-way street, me telling him what I wanted to do or him telling me what to do. We could kind of work together and I think that's been... That's been um, really positive. And Ben Rohrer, I was like, like I played with Benny Rohrer. Mm -hmm. Like he was kind of 29, 30 when I had debuted at Shield level um, and he had a huge influence on my career. So having him here now as a coach is just a good person to have around, I guess. And um, he's seen me bat a lot and he's seen a lot of the challenges that I've had as a, as a batter. So having him around, it's definitely changed over the past few years with new coaches coming in. And I think where I'm at now, I feel like, regardless of the coaching staff or the setup, um, my game's going to be fairly similar. And um, obviously you take advice from the coaches and you, and you work with them, but a lot of that, 90% of it, 95% of it, I feel pretty settled in. Do you prefer white ball cricket or red ball cricket? Red ball, yeah. What are you better at? Uh, I don't know, it changes a lot. I think a couple of years ago I would have said um, white ball cricket and my red ball really struggled but since coming here I've struggled in white ball cricket and done really well in, in red ball and um, I think I don't know if one had to go and I could only play one I'd play four day cricket like I love playing it um, might 
at times that might surprise some people the way I bat sometimes in four-day cricket, but I think it's the the easy, I don't know, the best style of game and the one I feel like I can have the most impact on. And I think, yeah, I, I really love playing. And when I look at now, I'm 31, I still feel like I've got a lot of time left and whether that's playing four-day cricket, there's still a lot of opportunity there. The white ball cricket, the way you play it confounds me because you can be unbelievable um, and it hasn't quite worked out over the last few years for whatever reason. Have you worked it out as to why? Nah, no idea. <laughs> I guess I, I, have a bit, too hard or? I have a bit of an idea. Like I think when I had success and then you go through a bit of a lean patch doing the same thing, you try and change something. So when I was doing really well um, in white ball cricket, I was being ultra aggressive at the start of my innings getting through that and then basically just playing the percentages after that um, and batting quite smart. And then, you know, I, I was batting at the top of the order. I come to Victoria, I ended up batting five and six a lot of the time. When I opened or batted at the top, I missed a couple of opportunities, end up back in the middle order. Um, and I guess I just found it hard to find a balance in how I wanted to play. And when you get the opportunity um, and you're not 100% confident in how you want to play, that can definitely affect it. Um but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I've been in a pretty good place and I've experienced enough now to bat anywhere in the order and feel comfortable in that position and what to do. Um, it's just I haven't had the the runs that I would like. As a watcher of, of T20 cricket, it feels like you can go on bad luck runs and you can go on good luck runs where yeah. there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. But it And it feels that you're almost emblematic of that. I don't know if it's luck sometimes or poor batting up, a lot of time. Yeah, how did that happen? Like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. happened to me again. Like, it, it's, yeah. it seems to follow you and, and other cricketers as yeah. well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to hear that because I don't feel like I've ever had that approach. I think when you start thinking like that, sometimes you can go down yeah. a pretty dark hole quickly. But, yeah, a lot of the time it's um, you're going to have in white ball cricket when you are, it's high risk, isn't it? So you're going to have a lot of failure along the way as well. But I think it's finding a balance in, in, in both formats where you can – you know, work work out the different stages of the game when you can be really positive and when you need to take a step back. And that's probably just the one part I haven't balanced as well as what I would have liked. And probably similar this year, to be honest, in red ball cricket, um, you know, played quite aggressive at times and then and got out when I probably could have mm. stepped back a step back a year. And that's probably been, like I said, that's white ball cricket for me of late has been a little bit similar. The move from green to red and, and leading the team, I think it was either your first or second game this year. You batted really well. I thought this is this is the, <laughs> the Nick Maddinson we we want. And then the the knee injury happens. Is that was that um, not so much doubly bad if that's even a term, but it, it more frustrating that you changed clubs, leadership, and then all of a sudden you can't lead the team. And because the team was quite successful this year, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing to be honest. I felt like last year we really struggled. Um, and this year there was a lot of work went into the off-season about planning, recruiting players. Um, I had a really good chat to the guys before the tournament started about a style we wanted to play. And I felt like we had a really well-rounded squad that we could could compete going into finals. And I guess the the hardest part for me after I got injured was he couldn't be involved in that anymore. Um, the team's on the road travelling. I'm at home after surgery watching on TV and you just can't have the same involvement as you would have liked. And not so much that I wasn't playing, but it's just being around the squad and um, you know, you know, you see. I think you see everything behind the scenes that goes into it as well. The players at training, um, the culture around the change room, and all that kind of stuff. So when you're not there experiencing that, but you can see the success on the field, you kind of miss that aspect of it just as much. This is a tough question, but the difference between green and red, what, what is the difference, even culturally or from a, a team perspective? Because fundamentally, they're two Victorian teams. Yeah. But it does feel that they're very different. 
Yeah. Um, Even though half the team you're playing yeah. each other all year in, in navy blue. Yeah. Um, I felt like when I went to the Stars, a lot of it was I'll, like there were a lot of great mates in that team and it was a bit of an older squad at the time. Um, where when I looked at the Renegades team when I was deciding to make the move or not, it was a, quite a young list. Um, one that has evolved in the last two seasons since I've been there, but the the core of it was quite a young group that had, I guess, a bit of a vision for not just the next season, but you know, three to five years down the track of of having, you know, some of the best players in the competition in our side. It just needed the exposure and a bit of experience around them, um, and that was the reason I I went. To be honest, it was, yeah, I felt like I could have a, a bit more of an impact um, and wanted to be involved in kind of the the evolution of of the Renegades. Um, and like I said, that was a frustrating part about getting injured that you get so close to finals and you're sitting there watching. But, um, yeah, that was kind of the difference for me. It was a, a really young group of Victorian cricketers um, and looking to to develop and, and turn into a team that people want to come and play for. That people will be sad when it's over and the big bash is over and, you know, I want people to think fondly of the Renegades and, and that was why I felt like we could develop when, um, when I was there. Do you reckon you get back in time for this season? Is that a bit of a target or is it October – First Saturday in October, and you're playing for St Kilda. Yeah, I'm looking a bit early in the big bash, so I'm hopefully that I'm hoping that I'll get back. Yeah, in September sometime. Um, ideally, I think kind of nine months is around the mark for a, for an ACL um, if all goes to plan. And at the moment, it feels like it's tracking quite well, so it's still a long way away. Um, but yeah, the plan is hopefully to be to be involved in the start of next season. And um, at worst case, I'll, I'm I'm quite certain I'll be ready to go by the time big bash rolls around again. How much of it? Trying to get back early is because of how well the young – I keep calling it the young Victorian team <laughs> is playing at the moment. It's four wins on the bounce. Um, again, to go and travel to, to Lavington and on a really tough wicket and, and win so comprehensively away from home. How much of it – I want to be part of this. I want to get back and, and share the successes that the team's having at the moment. Yeah, you definitely miss, miss that aspect of it. And I think going into just before the Christmas break, we hadn't really had the success that we would have liked and – had a really great win here against New South Wales. And um, I think after that, you've seen the way the team's played. It's, it's been great to watch. Um, a bit of a, a, like you said, a younger team, but they're guys that have been around the squad for a few years as well. And um, you know, you've got Mitch Perry leading the attack at the moment who was dropped just before Christmas. So to see how he's bounced back and one of the best bowls in the comp probably since Christmas um, is fantastic to watch. And you do really want to be a part of that, especially, you know, coming up with a pretty good opportunity with a win against WA or some good points secured that we might qualify for another Shield final and to do that two years in a row I think is pretty special and you want to be involved with that as much as you can. Did you see this happening? You made a good point. You did play in the Shield final last year but this is a different feel to the team. If you guys are over in India at the moment, you've been injured as well. So it is a bit different but do you see the the younger, say the under-24s <laughs> emerging as quickly as they have? Uh, you'd like to say yeah but you, d you don't really... No, I guess, because cricket is a, a funny game that you feel like they can have all the preparation in the world and until you're actually out there and have to do it, things can change fairly quickly. But um, the one for me who's probably played a huge role is, um, is Fergus O'Neill as well. So to see how quickly he's developed from the first shield game he played to now opening the bowling and being one of the leaders of the, the bowling group is, is fantastic to see. And you want to see that happen when you, when you mm -hmm. see the team, you think, you know, when you're behind the scenes and you're training all the time and you're facing the guys week in, week out, you actually know the skill level, um, you know what they can bring to the table. So you have the confidence. It's probably the the people who aren't around as much that look in and think, oh, the team's a bit young, uh, they're missing you know 
four or five players, they might struggle for the second half of the year. But the confidence within the group has always been there. That the guys coming in were were definitely up to the to the standard and could do a good job. What about Will's captaincy, his leadership? Does that surprise you? In what way? Well, just probably just how well he's done. Yeah, and how well he's sort of galvanised the group. Yeah, he is. I think just his personality. He he does lead with his actions and stuff off the field as well. So um, I think the boys do look up to him as a, as a leader within the group anyway without a title attached to his name. So I think when he got the opportunity to have, you know, Travis Dean, who's captain before, Marcus Harris, a senior player who captained Australia A during the winter, um, John Holland, who's been around for forever, to have, um, I guess, the senior guys around as a sounding board um, would have helped him a lot. But in terms of our group, everyone looks at him as a, as a leader anyway, regardless of being on the probably the, the younger end of the squad. Mm. What do you do away from cricket? Because you've got the chance to do that at the moment, yeah. apart from being a, a dad. What, what do you like to do to get away from it all? Well, at the moment I'm trying to figure that out because a few things I like to do I can't do. So, um, yeah, I love, you know, in terms of another sport and to get away from things, I love riding my bike and that was a way for me um, – I guess from the mental side of things as much as anything um, was to, to get out on the road and, and ride my bike as often as I could and that's been taken away as well. And I think, I'm like I said, I'm so lucky to be at home at the moment with a with August who's seven weeks old to be there for the um, critical moments in the early days of his life. So that does take up a fair bit of your day and um, everything that comes with, with having a newborn baby. But I think the next couple of months are where I probably need to be to put a bit of work into that. Um, got a few things that I'd, I'd like to do. Um, but yeah, I think you know, it's just not focusing on cricket too much when you're, when you're away from it is probably a key for me. And like I said, I do love watching, but sometimes you've got to, you've got to switch off and, and just get away from cricket and just live your life as you normally would and, and just enjoy the little things, whether it's going for a walk, I you know, wasn't able to walk outside until a couple of weeks ago. So just little milestones like that, I think that you take for, take for granted a little bit are, are things that I'm finding really important at the moment. So will you go to the UK at all? in a coaching capacity or anything like that or is it like you stay right away because it's it's sort of like <laughs> you want to do it and you can't do it probably stay right away yeah um if, if there's an opportunity there to do something i'd definitely have a look at it but um you know i loved my winter in, in england last year and i would have gone back in a heartbeat um to be involved in in cricket in the english summer again so at the moment i think like i said i was lucky to play 18 months straight so to have a break now at the end of like back half of my career, I guess, um, it's something that I think, you know, can, can mentally refresh you. Um, it's going to be nine to 12 months at home, um, have different aspect and, and work on a few things outside of the game so that when I do, you know, hopefully in the next, I can get another at least five years out of myself playing, playing four day cricket and stuff like that. But you have a bit more of a plan on what you want to do when you finish. And I guess that's probably important for me now over the winter when, when I do have the time. It's easy for me to say this, but I kind of feel like this could actually lengthen your career and make yeah. you a better cricketer to have this sort of pause at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel that. Yeah, it is funny because Callum Ferguson actually said that. Um, I think he did his ACL around a similar yeah. age and said it felt like he just got an extra few years out of his of his cricket just because he had a bit of a break, um, had the time away from the game um, and was able to do the rehab, come back. And I think he might have done his ACL twice even mm. in his career, but said it felt like he just gave him an extra bit of a push at the end of his career to get as much out as, a, as he could. Um, and I think it is like you don't want to be injured, but um, sometimes you do need a break. And when you're playing a lot and at my age, you don't really want to have a break. Um, a lot of the time you want to keep playing and make the most of, of every chance you get. But having a break like this, a forced, forced time away from the game is definitely probably 
I think, a, a positive. Last question, and I've asked most of the former players this question. I'm going to ask you as well because of your story. What What does Victorian cricket mean to you? Um, I would like that question before I came in. Would uh, <laughs> be nice. What it means to me. When you um, look back on your yeah. career and think of where your career was, yeah. losing your contract at New South Wales. Yeah. I know it's a story well told, but coming down to St Kilda with no real promises apart from yeah. the stars to then be in a situation where you're, you're knocking on the door again of playing for Australia. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I'm probably leading you in a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. But no, what, I, what do you, what, when you think back? What, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a huge part of my life and, and obviously I feel like I owe a lot of people at Victoria for um, encouraging me to make the move. I think Andrew Lynch... Um, Graffy and Andrew McDonald at the time were the ones I spoke to about coming down and had those conversations. If it wasn't for their encouragement to, to come down, um, you know, I think after I think my first season, I, I did send Andrew McDonald a message and just said, you know, thanks for thanks for the encouragement and how much impacted that impacted my career because you know those you don't think about it until it happens. But there's definitely times where I thought um, being uncontracted in the winter and you know I was. You know, didn't really have anywhere to train. I couldn't really do anything by myself. Um, so you definitely question whether you'll actually want to make the move and actually want to put that effort in again to, to try and make it. And there were times when I, I didn't really think I wanted to, but um, to have that encouragement knowing that there's still, you know, I was probably halfway through my career and there was still um, a fair bit of it to go and that Victoria saw something in me where I could contribute to their environment and, um, and their team. Um, yeah, I owe a lot to, to them for making me believe that opportunity was there um, and Pete Hanscombe as well I, I remember chatting to him and he played a huge role in in me making a decision to come down because in the end it would have been probably an easy decision to stay in Sydney and um, be with friends and family and be a bit closer to home and play club cricket and try and work your way back in but um, yeah I, I think I'll look back one day and be so thankful of the, I already am thankful but be really grateful for the opportunity that Victoria gave me because it's been a huge part of of my life. I, I love living in Melbourne. I think I'd probably stay here as well. Um, once cricket's done, I, I do really like it here. Made some great relationships um, within the game and um, being able to see some younger players come through and how much I can actually impact them has is, is really given me perspective on a few things in my career. Did you think you were done? Or did oh. you think that you could fight back? It was just a matter of time. Or did you think... Because there wasn't a lot of love there from obviously from New South Wales, <laughs> but you're just saying before, you know, where to train, yeah, where I was, where I was going to play. Did, was there a few dark moments where you thought, Geez, this this might be it? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely times like I don't think I wanted to believe it, and I I don't think I ever did. But there are times when I was picked in the Australian T20 team that winter, and I was without a contract, and I had to sneak into the SCG at night at like. 7 p.m. with a mate of mine, um, Angus Robson, whose dad, Jim, ran the indoor centre, um, and he'd throw balls and feed balls to me in the indoor centre and hit catches and stuff like that. So that was my training to try and get ready for, for a winter of cricket. And there were times when you're doing that and you're like, oh, you know, is it actually going to be successful? And if, if I didn't have the opportunity to come to Victoria, that would have been what the rest of that year probably would have looked like as well. Um, and there are times where you do consider if, it's, if you want to actually put yourself through it and if, if that's if you want to keep developing your career that way and that's a path or do you look elsewhere and, and try and find something else to do? And there's been so many players, I guess, get to that time in their career and um, I think it would probably save me is I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> Why do you? <laughs> that was it. I, I left school and played cricket within six months after for New South Wales. So, um, 
wasn't until after that where you look back and you're like, oh, that was stupid. I ever thought of of not playing again. But yeah, at the time you think, oh, is it all going to be worth it? And what if I put all this effort in? And I guess the fear of failure you mentioned before, I think that's probably the main thing. Yeah, you're like, well, what happens if I put all the effort in and it and it and I don't get any rewards for it? And um, you know, compete out that way, or at least you you feel like you got a decision in the other mm-hmm. the other aspect of it. But I'm really glad that it worked out the way it did, and I got an opportunity down here. Thank you for coming and having a chat. I know. It's tough, particularly, as I said, you know, being injured and all that sort of thing. But you're such an intriguing cricketer, the way you play, and I mean that in the best possible way. I love watching you play, and I know a lot of Victorian cricket fans love watching you play because you do it your way, and it, and it doesn't have to be the conventional way. And your honesty and, and, and so forth today just exemplifies what a, what a great person you are and what a great Thanks. cricketer you are here in Victoria, and I think we're lucky to have you. Thanks, Whitey. And good luck with the recovery. Get yeah. back for that first Saturday in October. Yeah, hope so. Nick Madison joining us on the Vic State Cricket Podcast, one of my favourite players. Um, it's great to have him uh, have a, a, an extended chat with us today. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll do it all again next week.